Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, three games left, and the Rams find themselves in a position to maybe have a few more. Tight race in the NFC playoffs, and the Rams are smack dab in the middle of that bad boy. And of course, later, the team breathing down the Rams' necks come to town for Thursday Night Football. You've got your full game preview for the Saints at the Rams. Before we hop in, just a quick heads up, uh, at Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags, that's where you can follow on socials, head to uh, ramshowcase.com, click under that merch tab, that's where you can snag yourself a Ram Showcase t-shirt. They are absolutely awesome, and well, they're super soft and stuff like that, and make you look super cool. And it's also the holiday season, maybe get yourself a gift and score yourself a Ram Showcase t-shirt, or if you know somebody who listens to Ram Showcase who keeps talking about how sick these shirts are, because they are, well, just go ahead and snag one for them uh, as we are diving into the holiday season. So, uh, there's a lot of, uh, kind of a lot to get into here, but most of it's game preview stuff because we got a pretty big matchup on Thursday Night Football as uh, the Rams sitting in the 7th seed, the Saints sitting in the 8th seed, both with the same record. So, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Effectively a playoff game for this one, which is very exciting stuff. But uh, first, before we dive in uh, to that information here, uh, just a few transactions for you. Had some minor fines. Um, this is since we've last spoken. Uh, so Kyron Williams, he did get fined uh, for a low block against Baltimore. Uh, that was, you know, over $5,200 uh, $5, there. That was kind of crazy. And Demarcus Robinson, 6400 for excessive celebration against Baltimore. Feels a little insane, but uh, hey, it happens, all right? And uh, the Rams also uh, opened the activation window for running back Ronnie Rivers. So his practice window is now open. So we'll see uh, if the Rams are able to get him back. Sidebar, they're doing a bunch of work on I-25 right now. I have no idea if you can hear. I can hear it very, very loudly. So if you hear some just insane work going down construction-wise outside, that's what's happening right now. Interstate 25 getting a lot of work done. It's also 1230, or yeah, 1220 in the morning, which means everybody here is having a good time. <laughs> for sure all right let's move on here to uh the rest of the west here and uh standings wise uh so obviously we're getting into the point now where we need to start talking about uh the playoffs and all that stuff the playoff races and stuff like that but uh i will say this so i am always very much division guy i'm very like you win your division and then worry about anything else kind of thing but we do know that the san francisco 49ers leading the division have now clinched the division which does mean we steer our attention more towards wild cards although this entire time internally in my brain i've been looking at like how can we win this division how can we win it all but uh either way the 49ers locking that up uh last week of their win against the arizona cardinals uh so yeah that's uh that's uh no longer a goal for the rams as uh, they are coming off of the win against the washington uh commanders and this week of course hosting the new orleans saints for thursday night football final home game of the year we got your game preview coming up here soon and then uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they did defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, which uh, definitely a little bit of a bit of a surprise there, I'll be honest with you here. And, uh, of course, uh, this week at the Tennessee Titans. The Arizona Cardinals sitting in fourth place and have now officially been eliminated from playoff contention. So uh, we don't really need to talk about them anymore, uh, do we? Because, uh, yeah, they're done. They're out skis. So it's all good there. Playoff race here. San Francisco 49ers are sitting in the top slot right now. And they can clinch the number one seed with a win and a loss by the Eagles, the Lions, and the Cowboys. So probably not happening this week, but uh, it's uh, they're sitting up there for sure. And uh, that's um, they also 
get Baltimore this week, which is a very good game. That's the late Monday night game to a Christmas Day game. Uh, that'll be a very interesting one to watch. Definitely the possibility of a Super Bowl preview there, San Francisco versus Baltimore, although I still have my reservations about the 49ers once we do get to postseason play. So uh, Philadelphia Eagles sitting right now with the two seed, and uh, they also play on Christmas Day. They play the middle, uh, the midday game uh, against the Giants. Detroit Lions sitting in third uh, at that three seed right now with a 10-4 and four record. This week they're at Minnesota. Interesting matchup there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting in the four seed. They will host the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are in their, their own little fight out there in Florida. So a little Florida battle, uh, but cross-conference. Pretty cool stuff. And then uh, the Dallas Cowboys sitting as your top wild card. To, oh, actually, you know what? I wrote this uh, before the game was over. So you can scratch out the Philadelphia Eagles being in that two seed, as that is uh, the Dallas Cowboys moving into that slot. So Philadelphia Eagles actually sitting at the five seed. Uh, and uh, they'll be taking on the Giants, of course. But the Dallas Cowboys at Miami, which is quite the tough game there. But the Dallas Cowboys did clinch a playoff berth despite getting absolutely wrecked in Buffalo. Sixth seed right now is the Minnesota Vikings at 7-7. Seven and seven. Of course, they host the Detroit Lions for an awesome divisional matchup in December. You got to love that. The Rams, your L.A. Rams, sitting in the seventh seed right now with a 7-7 seven and seven record. So if the season ended today, would be uh, playing, uh, what is it, the Cowboys. Uh, so that would be an interesting matchup there, a uh, team that already d- defeated the Rams. But let's be honest here, that, that kind of th- thing would not happen again, Like right? Like the, the whole just like getting smoked and just like n- it nothing going right, we would probably not happen again, <laughs> I would like to hope. But of course, this week, uh, the Rams hosting the New Orleans Saints, who currently sit at the eighth seed with also a 7-7 seven and seven record at the Rams this week meaning that uh, the winner of that game, that is a very snug battle there. Uh, So winner of that game uh, on Thursday night football uh, controls their own destiny, and there's a lot of different pieces that go into that. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment. Your, uh, not your, uh, the the Seattle Seahawks uh, sitting uh, right now at the nine nine seed. They are uh, at the Titans, and then we have the Atlanta Falcons at six and eight against Indy, and then the Green Bay Packers now falling down to the 11 seed They'll be taking on the Carolina Panthers. Spoiler alert, I picked the Panthers, and I don't know if, um, I, like, all my picks were very just, like, for the Rams, because last week was the perfect Rams week. Everything kind of went the Rams' way. Uh, everybody we needed to lose was losing, and then the Rams took care of their own business, so that was obviously awesome stuff. But this race is extremely snug, and you know, we are in a, such a tight battle right now because like Minnesota is not doing great, but they're above the Rams right now. So that could buy the Rams a little bit of wiggle room if the Minnesota Vikings can uh, don't don't beat the Detroit Lions. If the Lions win that game, Minnesota falls down a little bit. And if the Rams can defeat the New Orleans Saints, then the Rams really could be in a really perfect position to uh, to make a push here. Seattle Seahawks, though, kind of nipping at the heels a little bit as well. So the race is very, very intriguing right now and definitely not over for sure. Uh, let's see, like the Atlanta Falcons, though, they they have a little bit of a tough path. The Green Bay Packers have an easy schedule, but a tough path, and they need a lot of help from other teams above them. So that's where they kind of get the short end of the stick there. But that is not the end of the stick that we care about. This, the end that we care about is the L.A. Rams and what we need to do to see this team continue on playing past the San Francisco 49ers in Week 18 and playing into the postseason. We'll get into your game preview, Saints at Rams, after this quick quick break. It's right here at Rams Showcase. 
The Los Angeles Rams at 7-7 seven seven host the 7-7 seven seven New Orleans Saints for Thursday night football at SoFi Stadium on the 21st of December. This is a 5:15 Pacific time kickoff with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet in the booth. We get Kaylee Harding in, uh, or on the sideline. Your national radio broadcast on ESPN will feature Sparrow Ditas and Mike Golick. So a lot of moving parts going into this game. This is not time to let up if you're either the Rams or the Saints, really. So this is, this is such a tough game. This is effectively, essentially a playoff game for both teams. Rams at the seventh seed. Saints at the eight seed, which means the winner will control their own destiny. This also is likely the last home, or this is the last home game of the regular season, and very likely the last, uh, the last home game for the entire season because the Rams right now cannot win the division, and right now sitting in the seventh seed. And I know that that can change, but probably not higher than the six. So it'll either be a six or a seven, or out of the playoffs, which would mean. That, like if the Rams get to the to the six seed, they would need the seven seed to make it to the NFC Championship before they could play a home game. So it is unlikely that uh, the Rams will get another home game after this. So if you're going to SoFi this week on Thursday Night Football, definitely drink it in. Probably the last time that this team will play there until we get into the preseason in August. And then, of course, regular season action back up in September, which will definitely have game previews for here. We're get, really getting into the beef of the playoff race, too, which is absolutely awesome. With only three games left, we are playing three teams who are fighting for something. And yes, the Giants are in that conversation as well, as far as fighting for something. And then uh, you have the, the 49ers fighting for playoff seeding, and then the Saints, of course, who are fighting for their playoff lives. They are in the position that the Rams have been sitting in for the last few weeks. So obviously, there's a lot of uh, things that we are watching for there. But if the Rams lose, uh, like, say, one or two or three of these games and miss the playoffs, then I'll be honest, we were never supposed to go. I'm a pretty optimistic Rams fan. And as far as, like, the Rams shows go, I'm probably one of the more optimistic Rams fans. I also like to be, like, realistic, but also I'm one of those people that doesn't believe, like, realistic does not equal pessimism. You know what I mean? Like, that's those aren't. Those aren't synonyms. Uh, like th- good things can happen. <laughs> so, so saying that you're realistic and then you're just pessimistic—that's that's not real. I mean, that's those are two different things. But either way, I'm a very optimistic Rams fan. I like to see the good things. I like to to see ways that the Rams could maybe pull something out that's awesome. And I'll be honest, I didn't even think this team would be in a position to make a deep playoff run. But we look at the way this team's playing right now. I did not think that over the course of the season that we would see this team playing this well at any point. I did think that over the course of the season, we would see the Rams kind of settle into their own. I said it until I was blue in the face leading into the season, that the week one Rams, the week 18 Rams, going to be essentially two completely different teams. And that is absolutely what we're seeing. We're also seeing a team right now, though, going into this game against the New Orleans Saints that is absolutely on fire right now. This is The Rams are playing as one of the best teams in the NFL. The Rams limped into their bye week, losing three straight, falling to a three and six record. At bye week, it was kind of like, okay, well, it's just not really working out. This is it's just not going the way we wanted it to, but maybe we can kind of pull something together and it'd be cool. After the bye week, taking the bye week to totally recoup, the Rams have now gone four and one in their last five with their lone loss coming in overtime against the best team in the AFC in their house in an early window kickoff, which is where the Rams don't do well. 
East Coast games early kickoff, the Rams typically have not done well there. You add on top of that, the best team in the AFC right now with all their weapons. It's not like they were beat up or anything like that. OBJ was, OBJ, of course, had like one of those total OBJ games where you're like, all right, he's just unstoppable in this one. And then Lamar is just impossible to sack, so like that. And the Rams push that game to overtime. And then you, of course, like the way it ends and so like that is super bitter and terrible. And you get, you know, missed tackles is mainly what I want to mention there. But also there was like some missed penalties, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But either way. Four and one in that one loss coming in a very, very tight game against one of the NFL's elite teams on the road in their house, early kickoff window. That's absolutely amazing. The Rams might barely be sitting in a playoff picture right now, but this is absolutely one of the best teams in the in the league today. Thursday night football, though, definitely a perfect opportunity to show it off. Uh, but this time it's under the lights, man. SoFi Stadium, all eyes on you if you have prime. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just like kind of the perfect situation to kind of show the rest of the NFL that like, hey, this is another team fighting for the playoffs that's behind us right now. And if we can kind of just suffocate them and just push their heads, just, just you know, <laughs> use them as a step stool to, to better ourselves, then we'll be in a good position here. And everybody else will see that as well. Obviously, most teams see most games, but to, to have it under the lights, all, all eyes on you kind of situation. Uh, we're sitting in a pretty good spot to kind of show the world and show everybody else what the Rams fans are now talking about, which is this team is unbelievable right now. And this game specifically, this really isn't viewed as one of the Rams' top rivals in the New Orleans Saints, but it definitely is a pretty big rivalry. And to what degree, it really feels up to the individual fan. I know that, um, that from the Rams fan perspective, maybe we don't really think about the Saints very much, but I can tell you this very confidently. The Saints fans hate the Rams. <laughs> with their whole hearts. And it's not just the NFC Championship game. This goes back to forever ago when we used to play each other all the time. And the, the Saints fans are very not Rams fans, that's for sure. And uh, they don't want to see us do well. But I, I would say that, um, that, that from the rivalry perspective, it is definitely, like the Rams are definitely a Saints rival. But I don't know how much the Saints are a Rams rival. Does that make any sense? It's like... I don't know how else to explain that. I didn't have a metaphor like put in place here yet, but it's just one of those things where it's like it's like when when somebody like hates you with all the, with their whole heart, they cannot stand you, and then you're like, who is that guy? What is he doing? You know, it's like one of those situations. But these Saints fans, they are not happy. They are not happy, and I will say this as well that um the, the we have played in some pretty intense moments with the Saints, and of course, what kind of podcast would I be? I, I have to talk about the NFC Championship game, right? The Saints. Fans, uh, in, and probably team, to this day, feel cheated by the Rams. A chunk of their fan base reminds us of that regularly, that they feel they should have been the team in the Super Bowl. And we hear all the comments of like, uh, should have been us, we would have put up more than three points, and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, well, but you weren't. So there's, what about that part? That you you weren't, though. You didn't win the game. And uh, it also didn't end on that play. <laughs> so definitely still had chances. Y'all had the ball in overtime, remember, and still lost. So there's that part. Um, John Johnson back with the Rams, a hero of that day for sure. As uh, was it, Dante Fowler coming in and hitting Breeze and uh, getting that ball tipped up there. So, but either way, uh, the Rams played in the Super Bowl. Y'all didn't. So there, there's, there's that part of it. And if anybody, by the way, I want to change gears here. I don't want to be just a jerk to Saints and their fans. I know some Saints fans that I absolutely love. So um, that's there's that part of it. I don't, wanna, I, I don't know if they're going to listen. Probably not. I would hope not, actually. <laughs> but get out of here if you are, first of all. But 
Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll switch gears here to uh, to something a little bit more positive and uh, some sick tips if you are going to this game. Because first of all, if you're going, I'm absolutely jealous of that. I'm definitely planning on going uh, next year. Uh, I'll be at the Packers game for sure. Chris, you already know, man. Um, yeah, so I'll be out there for that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you're going to be at SoFi Stadium this Thursday for this game, um, then uh, don't forget uh, to also, yeah, you don't miss any place. All right. That is, that's, that's key. All right. Because t- take advantage of it because of people like me who can't be there, who would, who would probably kill it to do it, you know, to, to get out there on a Thursday night uh, for the final game. Primetime Rams ball is obviously the best thing in the universe, but uh, don't miss any place. And uh, there's an option for this where you can uh, actually take advantage of Uber Eats at SoFi Stadium. I just learned about this uh, not long ago. You can actually order on the Uber Eats app, and then uh, you can uh, go to the express line at the concessions, and they'll have your food ready for you. It's not like a paid sponsorship. I just think that that's awesome. (laughs) So uh, it's cool as hell. Um, Smirnoff also is giving uh, samples of the Rampede and the home game punch cocktails. That'll be in the Upper American Airlines Plaza from 3 until kickoff. 3 is also when the doors open. Rams Rally Towel giveaway uh, at entry while supplies last. So be sure to snag one of those. I have Venmo, and if anybody is willing to send me one, um, I got you because those are so sick. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're really, really cool, and I absolutely need one on my back wall for when we get videos back up and rolling. Buster Rhymes performing at halftime. Don't forget that. There's also a slight chance of rain in L.A. Uh, hell, is freezing over. <laughs> and uh, large umbrellas, of course, not allowed into uh, SoFi Stadium, but the small collapsible ones are allowed. So be sure to check that out. And uh, again, if you are heading out, uh, Pink Lot opens at noon. Regular parking at 1, doors at 3, kickoff at 5.15. So Pink Lot at noon, that's absolutely where you need to be. Tell everybody I said what up because uh, those are my people in that uh, Pink Lot for sure. And uh, moving on to the matchup here, this is the Rams offense against the Saints defense on offense. The Rams now ranking eighth in total yards, putting up over 370 a game, while the Saints defense is a top 10 unit, giving up a little about 327 and a half, uh, giving up per game there. Passing the football, the Rams are 11th right now, putting up just barely under uh, 236 a game, while the Saints defense is giving up about 185 a game. That is sixth in the NFL for the Saints defense against the pass. Running the ball, the Rams 11th here as well, putting up a little over 121 a game. That number definitely helped out by the return of Kyron Williams, who, uh, well, he runs the football really well. Saints defense giving up uh, 126.5-ish, and that's 24th in the league. Rams putting up uh, 23.4 points per game. That is 9th in the NFL, and the Saints defense giving up 19.1. That is 6th in the league. The Rams offense has truly turned a corner since the bye week and is now creeping into the top eight, which you absolutely love to see. Matthew Stafford, he is on an incredible stretch right now, and it's perfect timing if we're going to make a playoff push. We kind of need that guy to be doing good things with footballs, and uh, he is right now, which is very good stuff. Saints defense, definitely been solid, um, especially against the pass, but they but do they have the depth to cover these Rams weapons? I mean, now with you get like Demarcus Robinson emerging, Tutu Atwell will return this week. So, I mean, Benny Sko, the Sko Plow dude, uh, he's out here, you know, he's obviously awesome as well. Uh, he's He's got the capability to have an impact. And then the the two the two big ones, Koopa and Puka. Um, those are uh, obviously, in, like, I don't want to say impossible, but they're so difficult to cover, man. So uh, there's there's a lot of, um, there, there's a lot of depth needed to be able to cover the the Rams' weapons for sure. But 
A short week also means a bit of a messed up game plan as uh, you don't have the full week of preparation and installs that you can do. Um, so, uh, but if we were tossing out like the tossing out, like just like get out the creative X's and O's for this game in just a full week of preparation, um, I'm taking the Rams roster in this one, actually. So I, I think that, um, that there's a lot of factors that go into a Thursday night game. And I think it does help that this game is so late because at this point of the year, you know what you're doing. Uh, you know, the, I think that the more important piece of it is, you know, film room and stuff like that, but also I'm not in there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so Maybe a player would like maybe somebody would t tell you something different, but uh, I think that it, it does help that this game is now instead of uh, way later or way earlier in the season where you're still trying to get some continuity going. But it feels like the Rams really have that right now. So from that standpoint, I do think that the Rams with their leadership group is more is better equipped to uh, to to have a good day on a short week than the New Orleans Saints. And uh, there's three to see here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with your, um, we'll start with Matthew Stafford here. So Stafford, he's been on a tear since the bye week and is looking more like that incredible Matthew Stafford that we've gotten used to. His movement in the pocket is absolutely awesome. His mechanics are extremely tight, and that's translating to production on the field. And it helps when your weapons are making the grabs on the back end of that those throws that we've been seeing. Like that, that pass to uh, Cooper Cup when he was wide open. That was almost too far. And I feel like in certain situations, like if, if you throw that pass to Cooper Cup 10 times, I feel like it's a catch maybe seven times. And it's not like one of those nine out of 10 times or 99 out of 100 times. That's a tough catch. And luckily it was Cooper Cup, who's an incredible player and was able to pull that ball in. But it was, it was almost too far. And for some of our wide receivers, that would have been too far. They would have gotten their hands on it or, or maybe not. Uh, but either way, when you have guys that are being able to pull in, you know, catches like that, that helps out quite a bit. And Matthew Stafford knows when he misses misses belt balls because he like he's done it a few times already where they like he, he throws a pass and it shows him and he's like pointing to himself like, yeah, that was my bad. I got you. So uh, but obviously, like I said, if, you know, Cooper Cup's out here doing Cooper Cup things like that, then that, you know, plays into our favor pretty well. And uh, next up, we're going to go with Tyler Higby. I'm tossing in Big Rig Higgs here because uh, dude's just reached some incredible milestones. We'll definitely talk about those here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, this wave of celebrating the best tight end in Rams history, uh, it has a little bit to do, uh, like, a, I think it's got, it's got to help out his confidence, right? Like, it's got to, it's got to push him a little bit further of, like, hitting these milestones. And if I had to ballpark the Higgs slander, because it definitely was not 0%, but if I had to kind of like ballpark it this week, I didn't really see a lot of it. And the comments that I did see were like, I don't know about this. Like I, I see people like like the, the comments were kind of like I had no idea he was in the like the range of of breaking top 10 in, in certain categories. And then somebody commented that he's always hurt, which I mean, and he's not not always hurt, but he's also like only he averages like one missed game a year. So I don't know, man. But uh, but either way, I think Tyler Higby's in a good spot right now. Um, he's kind of like, he seems like he's healthier right now than he has been all year. We know that he was dealing with something, but um, yeah, Tyler Higby, man, best tight end in Rams history. And uh, we're going to need a, a good game from him here as uh, we are officially into effectively playoff games as uh, Thursday night football has become. And then uh, my last of the three to see is going to be wide receiver Tutu Atwell, the Tutu train coming back for, uh, to the field for missing that one game due to a concussion. Atwell is one of the few players uh, coming into this game who didn't just get beat up on Sunday. And I say beat up as like, not like a, like an injured thing, but as like, um, like 
football games are hard <laughs> and and they're very violent and very physical. So Tutu though not having uh you know those hits on Sunday uh should be able to be a pretty sweet asset for the Rams this week. And if a lot of attention's going to 10 and 17, then five could be uh, able to take the top off here. Flip over to the other side here. We got the Saints offense against the Rams defense. Uh, the Saints offense is 17th in the league, putting up a little under 350 a game. Rams defense is 17th in the league, putting up or giving up a little over 350 a game right now. And passing the football, the Saints a little over 231 a game. That's 14th in the league. And the Rams defense giving up about 226. That's 21st in the league. And uh, on the ground attack here, the Saints are 19th in the league, putting up about 103 a game. Rams defense giving up about 111. That is 14th in the league. And points being scored, 22.1 for the Saints. That's tied for 12th. And the Rams defense, 22.1. That is 19th in the league. So if the Saints put up 22.1, which I realize is impossible, but I mean, it's a thing. The averages would make sense, <laughs> at least. Um, so like a 21 to 24 points uh, for the Saints does make total sense. And if we're just looking at averages here as well, on the other side of that, same pocket, same same window, about uh, about 21 to 20, well, maybe even 22-ish there uh, for the other side there for if we're just looking at averages. So yeah, 21 to 24 makes total sense for this game. If that's the final of this game, the average is all played out for sure. Uh, but on the defensive side here, the Rams defense, uh, they they did enough last week, but it did feel like a little bit of a step down from previous weeks. So I would look for a bit of a, a bounce back in intensity this week, as it did look like it was like, oh, commanders. Yeah, we got this. You know, that's kind of just the vibe it had. Like it really felt like it should have been uh, like a uh, like a blowout in that game. It was an eight point win for the Rams, which dubs are dubs, dude. But uh, I, I would say that uh, that that game did feel like it should have been further apart than an eight point game but uh, that's that you almost need a game like that at this point right now to to be like oh okay no we just need to turn it on and just be that for the rest of the year now uh, but the saints uh they have an okay offense uh this isn't where they make their money though so uh they're very much like work the ball down the field not a like call this play call this play call this play and set up this explosive play they're very much like a get to third manageable convert get to third manageable convert which can play into the favor of the Rams Raheem Morris, you know, style of defense right now, but it also can absolutely hurt because if if he's playing that off coverage on a third and two, um, and then we just kind of do that the whole way down the field, then not only are they converting third downs, but they're also eating up all the clock. So that's where the kind of concerns come in. But there's something about the Saints offense that I really like the way the, the Rams defense matches up, especially coming off of last week where we did see some performances from guys maybe less than stellar was less than what we wanted them to be uh speaking up uh three to c uh we're gonna go with akello and darian for one uh because uh i'm going both uh dk had a pretty tough week last week and i was hoping uh that looking at the tape would show me that uh there was maybe just you know it was it was here and there and that he just happened to get uh taken advantage of in certain settings uh as far as like the the plays go uh but no he did just have a he, he had a bad day um so that happens but a major part of the Rams being able to have success uh, is and getting after the quarterback is these two dudes locking up and not giving the quarterback a lot of space, making him think a little bit longer about where he's going with the football. And uh, so we need we need these guys uh, this week to kind of clamp that down. And of course, you know Michael Thomas back on IR. Um, so you got like you've got Alave. Who else is on? Uh, uh, my brain is not participating here. Let's see here. So 
yeah, we had, um, yeah, it was, uh, Chris Olave and, uh, Rashid Shahid. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a tough task, man. Um, those are, those are good players here. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see if, the if the, the secondary for the Rams is able to kind of, to hold these guys down. You're next up in the three to see, though. I'm going with Nick Hampton. That's right, the rookie. After a kind of shaky game where he got pushed around, uh, that was against Baltimore. Hampton did have some splash plays against the Commanders, so don't look now. But are we seeing another rookie make it from this, like from this draft class, make a massive impact? It's a it's a big watch here. Uh, but uh, the 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 thing is with Nick Hampton is like what I'm watching for specifically in this game is snap count is i'm not looking for necessarily full-on production yet he's barely played football yet like in the nfl so i mean he's got a little bit of leeway in my own brain whether that whether you give him any or not not my problem but i give him like a little bit like he can have some bad plays it's gonna happen you're never gonna play a perfect game so whatever but nick hampton's snap counts is what i'm looking for because if his snap counts are high that means that the coaching staff throughout the week and in the meeting room stuff like that they're whatever they're seeing and hearing and, and witnessing is telling them to get this guy on the field more. So that is all you need to know about Nick Hampton is if, if the coaches want him to get out there and the coaches think that we need to get some reps out of Nick Hampton, that should be a reason to get excited about Nick Hampton. If the coaches decide that he doesn't need the reps right now, maybe he still needs some time to develop, then maybe we can get excited about Nick Hampton next year. But those, that story is going to tell us something. Those numbers are going to tell us something. And next up on our three to see, we're going to go with Bobby Brown. For the attention that Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner get, Bobby Brown is definitely having a massive impact up front. Both Turner and Brown, they are clearly taking some steps uh, out of the uh, uh, out of the Aaron Donald, you know, you know, film room, uh, which is absolutely amazing. But Brown's body type and uh, his lower body strength allows him to really move some humans up front, which is really cool to see. And uh, we've seen it a lot against zone. Uh, where he's just able to kind of just ruin those schemes, which is awesome. Because then you get him ruining schemes, then you got Turner and AD out there too. Dude, this D-line is sick, man. And and, and I, I hate to kind of even to, to think about it right now, but like a post-Aaron Donald Rams defensive line right now, I think we're, we're, we're in okay hands at the moment, which is very good news. And uh, yeah, let's move uh, gears here to uh, some milestones. So quarterback Matthew Stafford needs 1,622 passing yards to pass Eli Manning on the all-time list. With only three games left, uh, he would need to absolutely light it up. So probably not going to hit that one. Also 13 touchdowns to pass Eli for the for 10th all-time. Uh, so I'm guessing that if we you know see Matthew Stafford come back for one more year, that we'll see him crack into the top 10 on all these um, which I'm assuming is going to happen. It's a bold assumption. I don't know. Uh, like maybe he's maybe he's back. Maybe he's not. But either way, it's totally fine with me. And uh, he does need one fourth quarter comeback to pass Drew Brees for fifth all time. So currently tied. Running back Kyron Williams needs 47 rushing yards to hit 1,000 on the season. Would be the first Rams running back to hit 1,000 rushing since Todd Gurley. I believe that was what the 18 season. So it's been a while since the Rams have had a thousand-yard rusher. Kyron Williams, though, forty-seven, uh, he should be able to hit that within the next three games here. As uh, he's been unbelievable, as uh, he he's even missed games and stuff. I mean, that dude is unreal. It's uh, it's really cool to see. Underrated right now, even from the Rams fan perspective, I think. And uh, Puka Nakua, he does need three hundred and eleven receiving yards to pass Bill Groman for the most receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. That rookie's uh, or that record. By Bill Groman, set in 1960. 
So Pukunakua does need to average just under 104 a game to be able to pass that, which we know he's capable of, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Pukunakua also needs 18 receptions to pass Jalen Waddle for most recep receptions by a rookie in NFL history. That is just an average of six a game for the rest of the year. Wide receiver Cooper Cup needs 342 receiving yards to hit 1,000 on the season, which would be an average of 114 a game. He is absolutely capable of that. But of course, um, Cooper Cup did miss uh, some some good amount of time uh, earlier this year. So um, he started this season on IR. So for him to hit 1K, I think is uh, is a massive win. And he also needs 37 receptions to pass Henry Ellard for third in franchise history, which would mean he would only be behind Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce with 37 more receptions in a Rams uniform. Tight end Tyler Higby reached 10th and 9th in receptions in Rams history versus Washington. He did pass crazy legs, which is absolutely awesome. He needs 82 receiving yards to pass Harold Jackson for 14th most in franchise history and two receiving touchdowns to pass Robert Woods for 14th most in franchise history. Defensive lineman Aaron Donald needs three tackles for a loss to pass Julius Peppers for third most in NFL history, needs five sacks to move into the top 25 in NFL history, and one forced fumble to move into or to move into tied for 43rd most in NFL history. Edge rusher Byron Young make an appearance on our milestone watch as he needs just half a sack to pass Kevin Carter for second most sacks by a rookie. But defensive tackle Kobe Turner also at five and a half sacks, meaning they could both pass Kevin Carter uh, for that on that uh, list of rookie sacks here. The history of this matchup. So uh, the Rams do lead the all-time series 43 and 35, making this the 79th all-time meeting between these two. The most recent game coming on November 20th of 2022, that was a Saints win 27-20. to The first ever game between these two came back in 1967 on September 17th. That was a Rams win 27-13. to The Rams won the first four in this series and 18 of the first 24 against the Saints. So absolutely killed it uh, amongst uh, like the beginning of the Saints time. But also, the Saints are one of those teams that, uh, I mean, we know the Aints, you know what I mean? Like, they've, they've had some stretches there where uh, they were not good at football. <laughs> and, and the Rams have, have, like, always kind of been, like, a decent team. Like, historically speaking, like, um, like you go all the way back and it's like, they, the Rams will have, like, really good spikes. But then, like, some droughts and uh, that'll last, you know, like, six, seven, eight years, stuff like that. And they kind of come back a little bit. And then, you know, sometimes you have some six seasons, like, great show on turf or... You know, coming back and uh, winning the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, stuff like that. But either way, these teams have had uh, quite the history against each other. Obviously, 79, um, 79th meeting all time uh, this Thursday, which is pretty sweet stuff. The Saints' longest win streak in this game, uh, that was the early 90s. Between 1990 and 93, that was a seven-game uh, seven win streak for the Saints. The Rams and Saints are tied in... Or Excuse me. Let's see here. Where am I? Where am I thinking here? Oh yeah, it was uh, it tied for uh, postseason in the postseason uh, all time, which is one and one. So the 2000 uh, season, it was the wild card. Saints won uh, 31 to 28. That was heartbreaking, of course, after uh, the Rams had won the Super Bowl the year before, and then of course the NFC Championship game, known known mainly for the absolutely clutch performance from Greg Zuerlein hitting a 48-yarder to send the game to overtime and a 57-yarder to win the game in overtime 
to send the Rams to the Super Bowl and not known for much else outside of Greg Zuerlein being extremely clutch and Jared Goff hitting Tyler Higby for a couple of back-to-back plays in the flats uh, while people are just draped on him, which is super sick stuff. But that's uh, that's the main part of that game and what it's most remembered for, for sure. And uh, the Rams have uh, an awesome trend of being able to put together some postseason performances against teams who have beaten them in the regular season. And that's really what that was there, is uh, the 45-35 to win for the Saints in the regular season. And, of course, the Rams coming back in NFC Championship and uh, snagging a dub. And that also happened in the 21 season. Of course, the Niners had won two straight against, or, I mean, they had won more than that. But they beat the Rams twice in the regular season and an NFC Championship game. Uh, was able to come out with a win. So maybe, just maybe, we will see something uh, similar to that uh, in this uh, in, in this season. Maybe we'll get like a like a Cowboys or an Eagles, you know, something like that in the NFC Championship game, which would be, uh, hey, history, man. It repeats itself sometimes, and that would be cool. Some connections in this one. Some former Rams who are on the Saints right now. We have assistant offensive line coach Kevin Carberry. He was with the Rams from 21 to 22, so he does have a ring from the Rams. Senior defensive assistant Peter Guinta probably said that wrong. He was with the Rams from 97 to 2000. And pass rush specialist Brian Young, he was a player for the Rams from 2000 to 2003. There are no former Saints on the Rams. We don't want them, dweebs. Some other connections here in the NFL. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant coached uh, safety Jonathan Abram and cornerback uh, Shamar Jean Charles, uh, that happened last year in Green Bay. Coleman Shelton and Max Garcia, they played together in Arizona in 2019. Saints guard Trey Turner, he did play in Washington with Carson Wentz last year and in Pittsburgh with both Akella Witherspoon and Kevin Dotson. And some college connections here, we have Jordan Fuller played at Ohio State with wide receiver Chris Olave, linebacker Pete Werner, and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. So big uh, connections there. Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver, who I believe just got activated, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, he uh, played in Minnesota with defensive back Jordan Howden of the Saints. Running back Ronnie Rivers, who not expected to be ready for this game. I would be, I don't, I think it's actually too late. Um, but he, of course, uh, his practice window has been activated. He did play at Fresno State with quarterback Jake Hayner, 21 to 22. Hayner, uh, backup, backup uh, for the Saints. He's a rookie. Had the most ridiculous rookie photos of all time. They're hilarious, but also, uh, come on. <laughs> and then uh, Bobby Brown played at Texas A&M with interior offensive lineman Eric McCoy. He was a, he was a center at A&M when I was watching there, but uh, I know he plays uh, some guard and stuff like that. He kind of wiggles around there, but Bobby Brown at uh, the, the Aggie as well. That's your game preview. And uh, like I said, this is effectively a playoff game. Um, whoever wins this game, controls their own destiny. They will be sitting in the playoff picture with the ability to control their own destiny. The loser of this game will need help and a good chunk of help. Let's say the Rams lose this game. Not only does that put the Rams at seven and eight and the Saints at eight and seven, the Saints would also have the tiebreaker, which would mean the Rams would need the Saints to lose to the, their last two games and the Rams would need to win their last two games to have a chance to overtake them. Of course, you also got the other factors in there, like the Minnesota Vikings, who play the, the Detroit Lions this week. So we really could see the Saints and the Rams in the playoff picture. We could see the Saints, or excuse me, the Rams and the Seahawks in the playoff picture. There's a lot of moving pieces in this one as far as uh, that wild card spot goes. So this is, though, a massive game. A loss in this game would maybe mean that the Rams don't make the playoffs. And a win in this game means that the Rams 
honestly probably will make the playoffs. So yeah, it's effectively a playoff game. Not totally, not 100%. It's not if you lose, you're completely out. But if you lose, you're you're almost out and, and you need help now. So, so that's a, a big factor of it. So uh, that is your game preview. Thanks for hanging out with me. A uh, big, big game. And uh, yeah, Saints at the, at the Rams this week, both at seven and seven and uh, fighting for that seven seed right now to continue playing after week 18. We have some awesome fan casos. We'll get into those on the other side of this break. It's right here at Ram Showcase. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into our fan quesos. And uh, we're going to start with a few that I saw late. I don't know if they were commented late or if I got to them late, but either way, I'm going to answer them here because I like these questions. Uh, they're coming from Gary. First one here is going to say, uh, great show last week. I do enjoy your insights. How much time does it take you to prepare each week? Man, uh, that's a hard question to answer because I'm kind of always preparing. Like, even as I'm watching the game, I'm kind of thinking about stuff, especially when we were doing Ram Showcase Live, which I do want to bring back, just a heads up. Uh, but when we were doing Ram Showcase Live, it was kind of like a lot of stuff of like, okay, what do I want to talk about? And, and, and it's kind of happening as I'm watching the game of like, ooh, that's definitely something I'm going to bring up or something along those lines. But then I sit down and actually like time typing. I mean, my notes are kind of absurd, honestly. And um, is it sometimes you'll do like way too much research for what will be, you know, 20 seconds worth of, of speaking time. So, uh, that's a, that's a hard question to answer, man, but there is definitely a good chunk of time that goes into this bad boy. And, uh, the recording process, I actually try to try to turn, make that as streamlined as possible for myself. So that's why there's not a lot of cuts and stuff like that. I try to prepare so much that I don't have to actually edit a lot of audio. <laughs> um, that's kind of just my own process here. So, I get all of the information right in front of me. I don't want to have to look up anything as I'm going. So I like to have it just right in front of my face. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say a good chunk of time. I would say for a one hour podcast, I'm putting in a good uh, maybe four or five hours. That might be a little over over the top. In some cases, that might be a little under the top. You know what I mean? Like sometimes uh, sometimes I'm going a little um, a little long on my 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 research and stuff like that, especially once we get to playoff games. If it's a playoff game, I try to dig in as far as I can into the matchup and try to really get some good stuff there. So it kind of depends on the week, Gary. But um, I would say like for this week here, previewing Rams Saints, it was a little bit pushed forward, I would say. Um, just because it's, it's a short week, stuff like that. But, um, I also have kind of some processes here. Like I know exactly what I'm doing when I'm writing, uh, when I'm like writing my stuff up, I kind of know what to do, what, where to look for things and stuff like that. So that kind of does help next one here from Gary. Uh, that was a fantastic grab by Puka. We're talking, uh, by the way, these are from, uh, from the previous week. So this was the, the catch against the Ravens that, uh, Gary's talking about here. So what is the best reception in Rams history? Dude, you know what? There was, um, what was it? 2004? Or 2005, uh, that uh, game against the Seattle Seahawks uh, at the Edward Jones Dome where uh, Torrey Holt caught it uh, over, what was that, linebacker, Lofa Tatupu, <laughs> in that juggling catch there. There was also another one that Holt had in the end zone uh, that he kind of pulled in. It was absolutely crazy. Danny Amendola's catch, uh, though if you type in like Danny Amendola as good as it gets on YouTube, that one pops up. That was absolutely crazy. Um, uh, if we're going impact-wise... Um, obviously you got to think of like the Cooper cup, super bowl catch. Um, you got to think of, uh, the, the, the catch against the bucks in that NFC championship game to send the Rams to super bowl in 99. 
Um, gosh, man, there's that's a that's a tough one. I I want to hear yours, man. I I want to know what your pick is there. If anybody else has any, also, like drop them, man, because I'm kind of just think I'm trying to think here. Uh, next one here from Gary is uh, the offense looked great. Uh, they played play or they played great enough to win. Uh, what do we need to shore up? Pass defense or punt coverage? Definitely punt coverage, man. Um, that's ah, that was tough. Um, I would say that was that was pretty harsh, actually. So I think that um. I, I think that overall, uh, when we're when we're looking at this this Rams team right now, pass defense is definitely a a a, a part of it. But I mean, there's so there's so many moving pieces to it, man. So like, I, I think pass rush is singly the most important position that uh, we need to kind of get uh, edge rusher specifically uh, on that side there, uh, opposite of Byron Young. I, I just really think we need to kind of settle in on that a little bit. So I think that'll help the secondary out a lot, but. The special teams has not been that great uh, this year. We've seen obviously the the carousel with kickers. We've seen uh, some some issues with punt coverage. Uh, Austin Trammell is fine, but he's not like he, he doesn't do anything that you're like, oh oh snap! Like he doesn't like he doesn't have any of those moments. My eyebrows stay at the same elevation every time I'm watching Austin Trammell return a punt. Like I'm never like what? So uh, there's that part too. So. Next one here coming from Cody. Uh, we're over on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Should McVay be a contender for coach of the year if we make the playoffs? I mean, I absolutely think so, but also I feel like I'm biased. So <laughs> there's also that part of it. But I would say, um, I, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I haven't even really thought about this, honestly. Um, I would say no, because we're, I mean, we're looking at a wild card team. We also have like Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. So I would say no, actually. But it's not like he's having a bad year, and we definitely thought this was going to be worse. So, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah. But you also got to look at, um, you know, teams like or like like Harbaugh out in Baltimore, obviously, is killing it. Um, I, I would look at uh, D'Amico Ryan's out in Houston for sure. I'd be taking a peek at him. Um, there's there's some some teams out there maybe we didn't think would be as good as they are right now. So like you look at like a like a Shane Steichen, you know, something like that. So. There's a lot of options out there, man. So I don't know if I'd put them in there. Uh, I do because I'm a Rams fan. But as far as like zooming out, look at the entire NFL, I would say maybe not. Next one here from Cody. Uh, what's your second half of the season thoughts on Kendrick? He seems to have struggled the farther the season has went on. After looking really good early, I've seen a lot of posts bitching about him as well. Thanks. Um, I actually disagree with that assessment. I think he's been up and down all year. I think he's been in situations where like he started strong, then kind of fell down. Then he comes back up. Then now like he's had one bad game since, uh, you know, playing really well for a few weeks. So I'm definitely not uh, one to throw him away. I'm also not one to throw any one player away if they have shown the ability to be really good, which Darian Kendrick has done. So I'm not ready to just, you know, sell the farm and be like, all right, get him out of here. He's, he's dosed out here. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that. Um, I realize that he had a bad game against Washington, but whatever. I mean, bad games happen, man. He definitely has more bad games than we would want to have out of a starter. But when he is on, man, he is on. So I, I think that that has to be considered. But I actually do disagree with that. I don't think it's been like he started strong and is now bad. I think he's had one bad game off of a string of really good games uh, since the bye week. Uh, but before the bye week, he was definitely struggling as well. But he started strong as well. So, I don't know. Kind of, It's an up and down thing, so we'll see what happens. 2-2 status versus New Orleans. Sounds like he's good to go, man. So, 2-2 uh, train uh, back in the station, ready to uh, roll at SoFi this weekend. And next one here from Cody is, uh, what do you think about uh, uh, about a lot of the Lions fans wanting to beat us 
to cement uh, that new Lions are for real if we match up in the playoffs. And what a story that would be. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, to kind of talk about this real fast is um, I think it's super iconic if we can get Stafford versus Goff in Detroit specifically. I think that that's really cool because uh, Stafford hasn't been back to Detroit yet. Um, I, has he? No, I don't think so. Um, so I think that'd be really cool, but I can already see the headlines of like Matthew Stafford finally helps the lions make the super bowl. And I, that just hurts my feelings. So either way though, I think it'd be a really cool matchup. Uh, storyline wise, that's top tier, dude. That's like, that's top tier storyline stuff, uh, for NFL. So you can't go wrong, uh, when, when that's the case. And I know there's, there's people out there that anytime anything awesome happens, they're like, see, it's rigged. And you're like, maybe cool things can happen though. <laughs> like Maybe, maybe things aren't always lame. Uh, maybe some awesome things can happen and that's just cool, you know? So, either way. <laughs> Moving on to YouTube here. Uh, we uh, will start with we'll go back and forth here with Peo and uh, Ram's House, as we typically do on the YouTube uh, portion here. Is, uh, let's see, what trade has less, less need made that impressed you the most? Stafford, RG3, or another one? And is there a worse trade looking back? Uh, Stafford trade is definitely up there, man. Um, I would say, I would say that was a pretty solid trade. I know that we gave up a lot to, you know, get out of, uh, Goff's contract. And I think that that's a win-win. I don't think either team won or excuse me. I don't think either team lost that trade. I think both teams won. I think that Jared works out there. Matthew works out here. It's kind of the perfect situation. We needed to swap them. All right. And then we also needed to unload that cap, which the Dallas or the Detroit Lions were willing to take on with a couple of firsts. So. That's good there. Um, definitely a good, good trade there. Um, trying to think of other ones, man. Um, the Vaughn trade was very cool because that one kind of came after uh, sending Kenny Young out to the Denver Broncos, which kind of, we were like, yo, what the heck, dude? Like, <laughs> it was like, that's a good player, man. Like, what are we, what are we just giving to, to Denver when we're like a good team right now? What are we doing? And then it worked out because a couple of weeks later we got Vaughn. So uh, that was awesome. The RG3 trade was a lose-lose for both teams. I don't think that uh, Washington or the Rams came out on top of that trade. We didn't really get anything out of it that, like, helped us. Like, we got, like, Brian Quick. <laughs> it was, like, you know, like uh, some some players that just, like, didn't really hit for us. And then, uh, obviously, RG3 is just a whole bag of bummers. And, like, even, like, a lamer person on TV and stuff like that. So, I don't know. That doesn't really play into the trade, of course. But he wasn't very good on the field. I mean, he was good his rookie year and then kind of fell apart. And then now that he's uh, talking head, he's even worse. So, <laughs> so that's cool. But uh, I would say RG3 trade, that was worse for both teams. Stafford trade, very good for both teams. If I was going to say, though, as far as like a best trade or like my favorite, anything like that, I don't really have an answer for that. I kind of just trust whatever they're doing um, blindly. And I know some people hate that. Some people hate that. I'm just like, you can't just like expect them to. It's like, well, I also don't control what they do. So I'm just here watching, man. Like I was here. <laughs> I'm here to drink beers and have a high five and have a good time. So whatever they think that that will lead to more high fives and more beers, then I'm for it, dude. So whatever, it's all good. The, the journey, dude. The journey is the best part, man. Um, and then uh, next one here from Rams House. What Les Snead draft? What, what is up with these Les Snead questions? What, did you guys, are you guys in cahoots? Uh, what Les Snead draft pick has impressed you the most in uh, his Rams tenure? Oh, God, his Rams tenure. That's tough, dude. I probably Donald though, right? I mean, I, I think we got to go back to that and then just say that Aaron Donald was the sickest because like, yeah, man, I mean, that was, I, we even passed on him. I mean, that's like the, the crazy part about that. But um, yeah, I would say I, there's so many steals. I mean, we got Jordan Fuller, who's awesome. We've got um, um, uh, like, <laughs> I could just go Jordan Fuller. That's awesome. Like, uh, 
But like Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, obviously there's so many guys that have been like very, very critical contributors onto this team who are not picked very early. So that's really cool stuff. And that's always a, a plus when, uh, when you can get guys in the later rounds, proving that you don't need to be pick, picking in the top five to get good talent out of the uh, draft. That's not where all the talent is. It's not like ever, if you're picking after the top five, then you just don't get anybody good. That's not how it works. So, um, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of guys. Another one from Rams House. You can bring back one uniform from the Rams history to be our throwbacks. What would it be? Yeah, I absolutely love the color rush. I'm a massive fan of that. Uh, that's like one of the only times that I think that uh, same color jersey and pant looks solid, but also... You'll imagine them bad boys with some blue pants, man, or even white. I'll be honest. I think it'll be six. So uh, I would I would want to say that because I love yellow. Yellow is my favorite color. And I think like having my favorite team rock a yellow jersey was like, yo, what? Like, this is amazing. And then I don't know, man. Um, I would just go with our with our classic throws, though, man, dude. Like that's like our Super Bowl jerseys uh, against the Patriots uh, when uh, except for if the helmet also matched and the helmet wasn't the darker blue. Cause I thought that looked bad, honestly. Like, I mean, and whatever. I don't, I'm not a big uniform stickler. I'm not like, ooh, we now have a, there's a, this in the in the sleeve now, and I'm unhappy about. it. I'm not that guy. I don't really care that much. I just, just win the game, right? <laughs> just play good football, and I'm happy. I don't care what you wear, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, those uh, the throwback logo or the the throwback uh, style of, of of Rams jersey that we saw like you know back in like early days of St. Louis and stuff like that. Those are iconic, dude, for sure. I would absolutely love to bring those back. Even full-time would be sick, but I also don't hate what we have now. So I'm one of, I'm one of like 12 fans that like our current uniform, so uh, it's all good. Next one here from Payo Time. I am more and more convinced that the Rams trade their first-round pick next year and 2025 for a star player in the offense. What, or in the offseason, excuse me. Uh, what position would you want the Rams to trade for if this happens? I would say edge rusher, man. I think that uh, that is a hole right now, uh, unless uh, somebody like Nick Hampton can keep it rolling. And uh, kind of, I mean, obviously he's played like two games really. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But um, I think that, that would be a big one there. Or, um, or you know, let's sure up that offensive line a little bit more. You can always use more offensive linemen. Uh, going with like a really sick corner opposite of Akello would be really cool. Because, I mean, I like DK a lot, but like I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we can't improve at that spot. You know what I mean? So... Um, I would love I would love to bring in another secondary player that plays to the level of a Jalen Ramsey because I mean we we know uh, what that can do for your defense so it's absolutely massive uh, on offense we don't really need anybody right now but if we're uh, if we're thinking about you know the age of Matthew Stafford then let's ship off some ones and let's bring in Trevor Lawrence dude because that's like my dream actually <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that earlier today is like if I had like the ideal world Matthew Stafford in a couple years, would retire, and then Trevor Lawrence comes over. I absolutely love Trevor Lawrence, man. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. I think he's underrated. And also, I think he plays for the Jags, and I think that gives him a bad name. And I think that, like, people kind of think that, like, people think, uh, people watch him with the Jaguars, and I just think that it's like, I don't know. It's just not, it's not perfect, all right? Either way. I, I'm not trying to, like, sit here and bash the Jags, but um, there, there's better situations for a guy like Trevor Lawrence. And in a Sean McVay offense at SoFi Stadium, dude, sick. All right, next one here from Rams House. Uh, what's one new rule you would like the NFL to implement or take out if possible? Take out that stupid fair catch on a kickoff gives you a touchback. I hate it with my whole heart. And it's not even that big of a deal. 
But when you see Austin Trammell calling for a fair catch, when he's catching the kickoff at the 10-yard line and no one's even close to him, you're like, dude, go, man. Just catch it and run, man. Let's just try. Let's see what happens. And actually, this last week, we saw a lot of returns um, as far as like the NFL goes, which was really interesting. It was like the whole NFL was like, let's just start taking these, <laughs> which is cool. But that I hate that rule, man. And I don't know if I would implement another rule. I think that... Um, I think that the the spike is a cheap play that uh, by all definitions is intentional grounding. I think that that play has, has to be taken out. Um, but that's also like, that's, it feels so nitpicky to say that, you know. And uh, Rams House, what would it be like to share a room with Kobe Turner? It would probably be so wholesome, man. He would probably just be like singing and stuff like that. And I play guitar, so it'd be like, yo, let's write some tunes, dude. Like, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun, man, so... Yeah, I played guitar since what, 2006, something like that. That was a long time ago, but um yeah, dude, me and him would uh would jam out, dude. That would be so much fun, man. We'd write some write some music for sure. Um but he would probably be like he'd probably be like humming a lot, you know. And then eventually he'd be like, "All right, dude, shut up." <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got. Next one here from Rams House. Uh, Sean McVay is getting a stocking stuffer. What do you think it would be? Um, getting like, like he's buying stocking stuffers or he's receiving a stocking stuffer because I am stalling because I don't know either way. Actually, this is a hard question. I, um, I, I don't totally understand <laughs> what you're looking for. Here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say that he is receiving a stocking stuffer gift. Um, and I will say he's getting a game ball because he's always passing them out, dude, but he never, he's not getting them. So I would say, I don't know if a game ball will fit in a stocking. Depends on the stocking, I guess. Um, there's a lot of factors in that, but uh, I would say that, man, he's going to get a, he's going to get a game ball, man, because uh, he's earned it. I would say so. That's a hard question, man. That was the hardest one you've asked in a long time. Um, payo time. <laughs> what? Which Rams offensive lineman would be, would make the best mall Santa? Rams House commented and said that Steve Avila would be uh, the uh, the best mall Santa, and said the kid is so genuinely nice. He, uh, uh, I think he did dress as Santa this year, and uh, yeah, Payo Time said I thought the same. So uh, yeah, obviously though, it's Steve, dude. He is so pure. He is like the most wholesome dude on the team. Him and Kobe Turner are the most wholesome dudes on the team. They're and Puka. Damn it, dude. I don't even know, man. I know you said offensive linemen, but these like these rookies are so sick, dude. I'm loving our rookie class. The 2023 LA Rams rookie class is one of my favorite things to happen to this team, dude. And it's like, I feel like, and obviously after year one, we can't really say much, but like, I feel like in like 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to be talking about this class of like, dang, those guys were all in the same class. We got Ethan Evans and, 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 and Puka Nakua and Steve Avila and Byron Young and Kobe Turner. Like, I feel like that's what, and maybe Trey Tomlinson develops into that guy. Davis Allen, man, like who knows? But either way, this rookie class, I'm, I'm so big of a fan of this rookie class. It's so much fun. But yeah, obviously Steve is that guy. I would say, I would, I would toss in Rob as like a, like a backup as a backup mall Santa <laughs> because he's a, he's a great dude as well. And he's got, you know, He's, he's just like, he's got that whole vibe to him of like, just calm, calm dude who's going to handle business. And if you need, if you're looking for a Santa dude, so like Santa obviously has to handle his business. You know what I mean? Like he, he can't just be slacking off out here, dude. So, um, yeah, I, I would say, as <laughs> uh, choice, a Steve choice, choice B is Rob. So that's, uh, that's what we're doing there. 
And uh, yeah, that's uh, appreciate your fan cases. Some Christmas related fan cases in there, which I'm a fan of. That's pretty cool stuff. That is what I celebrate. That is the holiday that I celebrate. But I hope that whatever you're celebrating this time of year, that you have an incredible time. This is all. This is not about uh, the 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 battle of the holidays or anything like that. Uh, we're all just out here trying to trying to celebrate our stuff. And uh, I think that no matter what you're celebrating, I think that that's absolutely amazing. Just because I don't celebrate it doesn't mean that I can't be stoked for you. I hope that however you're celebrating it, however you're doing it, whatever you're doing, if even if you don't do any kind of holiday, well, I hope that you're having an awesome uh, end of the year, no matter what you've got going on this time of year. So uh, that was absolutely awesome. Get some holiday questions in there. Uh, and uh, yeah, dude, Merry Christmas to, to, to you if that's what you celebrate. If you don't, then happy what you celebrate, all right? I'm not trying to hurt any feelings, anything like that. I'm trying to be inclusive here a little bit, but I hope that whatever you are uh, getting into this holiday season, that it's absolutely awesome and that you, um, that you, you know, you get to, to spend some good family time and, and do all that stuff because uh, that's, uh, that's obviously, that's my favorite part of it is that I get together with, uh, I, I've got a pretty, you know, decent-sized family, but for holidays, we've kind of toned it down and we've made the decision to uh, kind of do um, just... Um, uh, my dad, my sister, and my niece. So we we just get together, and I absolutely love it, man. My niece is is one of my favorite human beings. <laughs> she is so much fun, man. So and it's obviously awesome to see my dad. Awesome to see my sister. So I I always have an awesome time for this holiday for sure. But whatever you're celebrating, man, I hope it's awesome uh, for sure. Uh, but that's gonna do it for uh, for me. Thanks for for hanging out with me and uh, and. Uh, we're getting into it, uh, the thick of the playoff race here, and uh, this is effectively a playoff game as uh, the Rams taking on the Saints. SoFi Stadium, which might be the final time that SoFi Stadium sees the Rams uh, until September time. So yeah, you got to take advantage. If you're heading out that way, we talked about uh, some some tips for you to uh, take full advantage of this awesome time as, of course, uh, like I said, this might be the final chance. So ramshowcase.com click under that merch tab it's where you can snag your ram showcase t-shirts at you can also keep up with the rams showcase right there on socials at ram showcase at sheriff joe Becks. be sure to give a follow there we try to post distribution maps i try to keep up with the milestones and all that stuff of uh what what these rams players are hitting which uh i have an absolute blast with i think that's super super fun so thanks for hanging with me and uh yeah let's, let's go rams let's beat up on the saints this this thursday and then What's actually kind of nice about this, I talked about this earlier, but what's kind of nice is that, like, we do get a Thursday game, which I hate with my whole heart, but it kind of frees up our holiday weekend a little bit. You know, it's kind of, it kind of sit back and not just relax after our game's done. We get to just chill and watch the rest of the madness unfold, which is pretty cool stuff there. So, again, thanks for hanging, uh, but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan sided network and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams.